one sat alone beside the highway begging his eyes were blind the light he could not see he clutched his old rags and shivered in the shadows then jesus came and bade his darkness flee it's time to open the word once again with evangelist lester roloff on the family altar program for all is changed when jesus comes to stay if your bible turn with me to 17th book of 17th chapter of the book of psalms psalm 17 i want to give you one verse and then go to the message let my sentence come forth from thy presence. Chapter 17 and verse 2. In between these two verses, I said, Sentence me, dear Lord. What kind of sentence do you have? People have been sentenced to the prison for life this week. And I believe that every Christian has a life sentence. I had a death sentence hanging over me when I was born. So did Moses. So did you, so did everybody else. A death sentence. And I'm living under another sentence now. I've been sentenced to life in the prison house of love. A place of joy and peace, but only if you're saved will you like it. Till you get saved, you'll never like it. You know, some people feel that um, heaven's going to be sort of a wild pleasure resort. Now, it's going to be a place where Jesus is and where God's people are and where folks love like they ought to love. I imagine there'll be some real surprises, and yet ought not to be for those of us who read the Bible and understand. I want to speak tonight what the Bible has to say about the poor people. Let's pray together. Our Father, we ask Thee now for Thy help and that the message may go forth clear and plain and powerful. And may we preach under the anointing tonight Bless our friends that have gathered to be with us. Bless the girls. And Father, thou dost know the constant daily burden on our heart that every girl might not only be saved, but find and do the will of God in their life. Help us, Lord, to know that our soul may be saved in our connection with God and our relationship may stand, and yet it's possible to have that fellowship broken. And help us to look well. I know thou dost look well after the relationship. Help us to look well after the fellowship and grant that the communion shall be what it ought to be between us and thee. Give us a love for the word of God and bless our people. And Father, bind the adversary and defeat the devil. Destroy the foes of God and help us to be good soldiers of the cross. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn to the book of Deuteronomy. There's going to be a fact announced here. Deuteronomy verse 4. Save when there shall be no poor among you, for the Lord shall greatly bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee for an inheritance to possess it. So somebody's trying to get rid of all the poor people. We don't want to have any poor. Everybody's going to have plenty. Now let me remind you in the face of that, that in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, Jesus said, the poor you'll have with you always. Why are there so many poor people? 
Why? Don't we have plenty? Let me ask you this. Is it God's will for a man to be poor? He says a lot about the poor people. We're going to read a lot of scriptures tonight about the poor people. And you know one of the reasons I'm rich tonight? In more ways than one? Anybody's rich is in the Lord. And we need not live beneath our privileges. I have more of everything good than I had the day God called me or saved me. And I believe you can say the same thing if you're really saved and have cashed in on the promises that God gave you. And for people to say, I'm just a poor Christian. I didn't know there's any such thing. Now, where does our plenty come from? Where does it come from? Is it God's will for little children to go to bed hungry at night? Is it God's will, does it please God, for little children to go ragged and dirty, miserable and unhappy and afraid? Is that God's will? No, sir. Then why do we have so much poverty? And why will there be many little children picked up on the streets dead in the morning in many countries because they starved and some froze during the night? Malnutrition is the number one disease of the world tonight. Did you know that? You say not in America. Oh, yes, it is in America. Malnutrition. If you let me walk in your kitchen and look in your icebox in your deep freeze, I can tell you whether your family is healthy or going to be healthy very long or not. Trash, just trash, just filth, absolutely. Ought to be against the law to sell or buy what most people have in their kitchen. That's one reason people are poor physically. It's because they will not learn what God said about eating. Psalm 41. Psalm 41. Would you like to find the key to prosperity? Here it is, right here. Psalm 41. He said, Happy, blessed is he that considereth the poor. The Lord will deliver him in time of trouble. Oh, I don't mean to be too personal, but how in the world could I ever get through as much as I've gotten through and still be alive except God's deliverance? And a lot of it is built on the fact that we've been interested in poor people and down and outers. Started on the street corners preaching the gospel. Went to the jails in the old folks' home. That's where our ministry started. Went to the churches, any place they'd let me preach. And, and there never has been enough of it now, but I believe that one reason the Lord has blessed me so good is because we've had somebody at our fingertips all the time. Blessed is he that considereth the poor. The Lord will deliver him in time of trouble. <laughs> the Lord will preserve him and keep him alive. That sounds like a beauty parlor, doesn't it? The Lord will preserve him and keep him alive. He should be blessed upon the earth, and thou will not deliver him unto the, uh, under the will of his enemies. Notice, he said he's going to preserve you, keep you alive, bless you while you're on the earth, and not deliver him to the will of his enemies. Not going to let the enemies get the best of him. Brother, that's God's promise. I believe that. You know where it started? It started right up there where you started having mercy on the poor, considering the poor. Yes, sir. Now notice one other thing. The Lord will strengthen him upon the bed of languishing. Thou wilt make all his bed in his sickness. Now turn to Isaiah. Oh, I tell you, this lived in me again today. You know, some of the greatest verses in the Bible have been hard for me to memorize. And I finally stayed with this this morning. 
until it stuck in my mind. Beginning at verse 6, Isaiah 58, verse 6. I'd like to assign these verses to everybody in the auditorium from Isaiah chapter 58, verse 6 through verse 12. 6 through 12. Notice what he said. Is not this the fast that I've chosen? To do what? Four great things. Loose the bands of wickedness, undo the heavy burdens, let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke. Every yoke. What yokes are on you all tonight? What yoke is there need? Is it loneliness? Is it fear? Is it sin? Is it dope? Uh, what is, uh, what's the yoke that needs to be broken? Now, he said break most yoke. I said break every yoke. Every yoke's got to break. Now, notice I started off. Is not this the fast that I've chosen? What did he start out doing? He said to loose the bands of wickedness. Now, that's, that's the things that's got to be loosed to start with. You got to take those old cords of wickedness off. Loose the bands of wickedness. Undo the heavy burdens. You say, oh, I got some many heavy burdens. The heaviest burden you'll ever bear is the burden of sin because you have no help to bear it until you get saved. Then God will lift that one. The burden of sin, it'll kill you. It'll kill you. The devil kills more of his children than you can imagine. People die because of sin. The wages of sin is death. Let me ask you this. Reckon how many young people died with OD today, overdose. You think sometimes maybe you get a little depressed and oppressed. Y'all have got to realize this, and I have too, and I think I've been mentioned too, because the, the Lord reminds me that this place is so despised by the devil until he'd work on this home more than he would any place I know of. So don't think it's strange if the devil comes in here and tries to upset you and disturbs you and uh, tells you that Jesus is not real. Just call him a lie and go on here. Don't be upset about what the devil says to you because he's a liar from the beginning. And so uh, he's going to fight anything that's of the Lord. Just for instance, I'm so sick of these little recreational centers and these little rehabilitation centers. Brother, we need to get them born again. And if we haven't got strong enough gospel to save the worst there is, we ought to close our doors tonight. Now, I don't care how wicked you little old girls are when you come in here. You're not too hard for Jesus. You might think you are, little tough nuts, little old hicker nut coming in. I'll never get saved. I'll never get saved. I hate God. That's all right. He'll take that old gospel hammer and he'll crack your heart wide open. And I'll praise God when he does it. And pray for you till he does. And preach to you till he does. Never give up on him. You're not too hard to be saved. I know you're hard. The thing that amazes me, little girls coming to ages 12 and 13, 14, they're hard as infidels used to be at the age of 15, 60. Got less respect for God. I mean, I started preaching years ago. There wasn't a man in any country. I remember running into one man. I mean, two men. I can name both of them. They're probably both of them dead today. I knocked on one of them's door. And he said, you're too late, preacher. I said, what do you mean too late? He said, I've gone too far to ever be saved. He said, if there is a God, he couldn't reach a sinner like me. I'm too old and been down the road too far. I'll guarantee you before that old tabernacle revival was over, he was singing bass in the choir. Amen? <laughs> That's right. He was as happy as any other Christian. 
Oh, listen, brother. I don't believe that you've gone too far. I know God can give you up, and he has a right to give us up. But, oh, he loves us. And having loved us, only love them to the end. Loose the bands of wickedness. Undo the heavy burdens. Let the oppressed go free, and let you break every yoke. Oh, listen, we're going to break every... Now then, let's go on. Verse 7. Is it not to deal thy bread to the what? Hungry. That thou bring the poor. There they are. That thou bring the poor that are cast out to thy house. Preacher just called me from way up in Kentucky. He said, Brother Wolof, I was in your meeting. My soul was stirred and I heard the girls sing and said one of my members came and they're so distressed. That little girl, 14, just got her back today. She's been gone. She's been gone two weeks. She ran off with a married man, 25 years old, 14-year-old girl. Isn't it strange? Now then, do you realize that a man is not supposed to go with a little girl that young? She's 14. That's a little juvenile. Can you imagine? And yet, they just get up and run with them, go off with them, take them with them, haul them around, and get through with them and kick them out. Then go back and pick up another one. Do you think the officers do anything about it? No, they said too many of them. We wouldn't have enough room in jail for them. I guarantee you, you let one come through our community, back down on that old farm, you let him come wading down that old muddy road, Pick up one of them little girls about 13 or 14 or 15 or 16 and take her off, you know. I guarantee you, brother, there wouldn't be enough of him to recognize him when them farmers got through with him. You say you've been... I'm not recommending that. I'm just telling you what they'd have done. Not anymore, boy. That's the, that's the rule. These old buzzards come through. They can do anything they want to. Take our little girls and drag them down the hill and turn them loose in the weed patch somewhere. I tell you, people have lost their sense of decency. Standards have been shattered. Is it not to deal thy bread to the hungry that thou bring the poor that are cast out to thy house? Here's where we're going to get mixed up in a minute, aren't we? When thou seest the naked that thou cover him that thou hide not thyself from thine own flesh. The secret of the blessing, where is it to be found? Well, he said, when you run on the poor people, bring them to your house. Those that are cast out, nobody else wants them, bring them to your house. When thou seest the naked, cover him. Don't hide thyself from thine own flesh. You say, what am I going to get out of it? Read it for yourself. Then shall thy light break forth as the morning. Thy light shall break forth as the morning. You're not going to walk in darkness now. Thine health shall spring forth speedily. I have to say again, I've got much better health tonight than I had the day God called me to preach. I'm not free of pain or tiredness and as you grow older. But I tell you one thing, the Lord has been wonderfully good. It's got to be tied up with this right here. I believe it and I give him the credit and the glory and I thank him for it. I really do. He said, thy health. You said that. He's talking about spirit. He didn't say spiritual. You read that into that yourself. He said health. You said, well, what kind do you think he meant? Well, I've just got to faith enough to believe he means all kinds. I'll tell you what he's given me. He's given me physical health. He's given me spiritual health. He's given me financial health. And uh, he just gave me... So I just claim it all. Just like over there in the Bible, it said, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Want for what? Want for anything. Wide open. Claim it all. Somebody said, Well, that means you shall not want for a place in heaven. Now, I believe that you won't want for a place on earth either. Brother, God's people just need to claim when God makes a great big wide open statement, take it all. 
Believe it all. Thy health shall spring forth speedily. That's good, isn't it? You know what's wrong with a lot of people? They don't care nothing about anybody else. Little old selfish, neurotic, nervous, screaming ner lives. They can't sleep and they can't do nothing. I haven't helped anybody else yet. Women talking to me the other day said, well, we've just, uh, we've just been for the beauty treatment. Been for the beauty treatment. <laughs> they got now where they go off and they, they, they call them gray doctors. And what I call it is just they skin them. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's all I know. They just take all the hide off of them and put some new hide on and they come back and they got the wrinkles out, you know, and all that kind of... Boy, they, they, they don't look normal to me. I looked at one of them and I thought, oh, you talk about beautiful. She used to be a beautiful lady, one of the greatest Christians. She backslid and got into drinking liquor. And I mean, she's the greatest person that I know of in that city. And I'll not name the, I'll not call the name of it. She's one of the greatest people I've ever met in my, she's the most delicate, most refined. She's the happiest. She's the finest person I ever knew in my life. Yes, she's wound up in the very gutter. And now then, you know what she's had to do? She, she, she didn't have to go anywhere to look beautiful then. She had the most beautiful smile, the most winsome personality, and she helped more people in the body. Now then, she had to go off and let the doctor give her some new skin. Now then, she's, she just, she's just the wreck. I mean, her nerves are gone. Her body's gone. Her natural expression is gone. And she's got the old mummy look on her face. No light, no joy, no peace. My, to me, that's one of the saddest things I've ever faced in my life. I used to go there and she said, you're going to pray with me? And I said, I sure am. You're going to read the Bible? And I said, I sure am. Ah, oh, listen, you talk about sweet fellowship. I've never had sweeter fellowship than with that dear lady in not anybody in my life. And yet, now look at her. I went to see her not long ago. You think she'd let me in? No, sir. She was drunk. Oh, she used to come to Corpus Christi to see us. Now then, she's just an old shell. And she's lost everything that she ever had that's worth living for. Is that the way y'all want to live? Is that the way you're going to turn out? And don't you think I don't realize that could have been me? That could be you. Don't make a difference who you are. Don't you become a smart addict and say, that'll never happen to me. Oh, yes, it might. There's a man in this town that said, I'll never drink again. I'll never drink again. I'll never. I said, you better watch it. First thing I know, he left his book aside and he left the prayer meeting aside and first thing I knew, he's down in the nightclub. Don't ever be a smart addict. Don't ever think you've got anything made. Pride goeth before destruction, and before honor is humility. Who do you think you are in hell? Somebody said many years ago, and he made an impression, said, you're not what you think you are, but what you think you are. What are you thinking about in hell? You reckon what will go through the minds of all these little girls while I'm preaching here this hour? Reckon what's come across your mind. Do you have control of your mind? Whereabouts is your mind, dear friend? Out of the heart come the issues of life. Let's read on. Then shall thy light break forth. There'll be light to walk in. Health spring forth speedily. Thy righteousness shall go before thee. The glory of the Lord. Now, wait a minute. Look at it again. The glory of the Lord. But wait, he said, thy righteousness shall go before thee. You know what that is? That's Jesus. That's Jesus. 
Thy righteousness shall go before thee. The glory of the Lord shall be thy rearward. You see that? Jesus going in front of you and the glory coming behind you. That's what you call sandwiched in, isn't it? <laughs> isn't that good? Yes, sir. Look up ahead and there goes Jesus. Look around, here comes the glory. Ah, listen. Why don't we believe it? And why don't we walk in that kind of a life? Well, then shalt thou call. I like this. This is the way you get your prayers answered. Don't talk to me about getting your prayers answered if you're not going to help the poor people. If you're not interested in other people, so all you've got to think about is your little family, your little children, and all you've got to think about just is your own business and your pay. You Forget it. No need you wasting your time praying. God's not going to hear you. Then shalt thou call. When? Well, when you've taken care of the people he talked about up there. Then shalt thou call, and the Lord shall answer. Thou shalt cry, and he shall say, Here I am. I like that. Here I am. Are you willing tonight? I said, Are you willing tonight to, to so live so he can afford to answer your prayers? If thou take away from the midst of thee the yoke, the putting forth of the finger, and speaking vanity. Notice what he said. If thou take away from thee the midst of thee, if thou take away from the midst of thee the yoke, the yoke, the putting forth of the finger and speaking vanity. I don't know all that that means. I, that's always kind of puzzled me just a little bit. But, you know, I think he could mean, see, oh, yeah, Diane, you're the one. See, that finger, see. All right, Elaine. Yeah, I know you. I, I, I've got your number. I put, he said, get that finger out of the way. See, we're always pointing. So why don't we just turn that old finger around and say, boom. Old Nathan used a finger on David, didn't he? He said, Thou art the man. But God told him to do it. Putting the finger. said, Get rid of the yoke and the putting forth of the finger. And speaking what? Vanity. Speaking vanity. Vain talk. Just vain talk. Vain talk brings on a vain walk. Thank you for joining us today on the Family Altar Program with Lester Roloff.